And we're going to skip a few chapters uh, today as we go, because I think we, as we, we talk about the new morality and the sexual revolution, I think we get a, a, a picture of this, this pretty quick here. Um, but I want to read this, uh, then came Ishtar to kind of, it'll be a kind of a review there on page 80 of, of, of what we went through last week before we get, get going. It said, in the American and Western culture of the mid-20th century, sexuality was seen as a sacred dominion, domain of marriage, and marriage as a sacred and lifelong covenant of love between husband and wife. These values were largely the same as they had been in ancient times at the advent of Christianity. Sex outside of marriage, whether premarital or extramarital, was seen as sin. Divorce was frowned upon. If a woman became pregnant before marriage, she and the child's father were expected to marry. Divorce rate was minuscule. We talked about all this last week. So was the percentage of people living together outside of marriage as was the rate of children born out of wedlock. Prostitution existed, but it was illegal and confined to the underworld. Pornography was taboo and for the most part kept out of the mainstream culture and public view. Even those who broke such standards would, for the most part, keep their behavior private. American entertainment and popular culture <coughs> were expected to uphold the same values. Beyond illusion and suggestion, Sexual relations were generally not depicted on the movie screen. Hollywood was expected to follow an agreed-upon code of morality as to what could or could not be shown, and it did. Nudity of any kind was forbidden. Any illusion of sex outside of marriage was not to be portrayed in a positive light. And for the television screens, the parameters were even tighter. Then came Ishtar. So we see how, how all that has changed. I, want, I, want, I was reading this and I just had a thought. Some of y'all may fall in the same category with me. This ain't got anything to do with the lesson, but I want to say this because I had to fight it a long time when Angie and I first uh, came back. You hear, especially in Pentecostal, uh, you know, about if you were divorced and you got remarried, you, you, you're in adultery. You see that, and you know, and, and and then you see all through where Paul writes, so but you got to be the husband of one wife, those kind of things. Anyway, I, I never been called to be a pastor, but then when this guy came to me one time, there was a church open. He said, "Now, before they call you, now let me go and tell you, don't tell them you've ever been married before, or they won't talk to you." And so, but I got then. I, then I got to wondering, you know, and, and I knew. I mean, I, I was raised in the Assembly of God. I, I knew all that stuff. But that's not biblical. When Jesus said that, you got to remember, Jesus operated under the law. Okay. Now, under the law, what does that mean? Every year, you had to come act, offer a sacrifice for your sins. Okay. And then, when you offered that sacrifice for sin, then your sin was remitted. And you were free, see? So what Jesus, you have to understand where Jesus was coming from. He's talking from the law. If, if I got divorced in the middle of the year and I remarried, then I was in adultery until I offered the sin sacrifice at the end of the year. See? So in other words, you're just trying to say, look, if you're going to get married, you need to wait till you offer the sin sacrifice. See, then, then you're cleansed. But, but we see scriptures or people see scriptures and they take it out of context and try to make it bondage for other people. All right, let's advance to Paul. What was Paul teaching at? 
He was teaching in this culture that we were reading about. All these Greek gods and all of this stuff. Well, in those locations, people had five, six, seven, eight wives. And they had concubines. So Paul would say, hey, if you're going to be a deacon or a bishop in the church, you've got to be a man that's only got one wife, not 18 wives. Uh, see, that's what he was talking about. when you. But you've got to look at, at the setting and, and where Paul was writing to and what the customs were, and the same thing with Jesus to make sense of what they're saying. See, Because you can't, Jesus can't say that and then turn around and say, if you ask forgiveness, you, 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 you know, says if you, if you commit a sin, <clears throat> if you, I should have muted my phone. <clears throat> you know, if you can all you got to do is what? Confess your sin to God, and He's faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. So it, it can't be a, a contradiction. So don't let, don't let people put you in, the, in, in a box and condemnation over what you've done in the past because the Bible says that you're a new creature. It means you're a person that's never existed before. Old things, what I did then, are passed away. See, all things now are new. See, now i got to make my life like I want it to be, not like it used to be. But what do we do? We get saved and we carry that baggage on over here with us and it holds us back our whole Christian life from the guilt and the things that, that we've done, see? But we got to remember that that's old. With that man don't exist. He died. See, and this new guy, a new person, is born. See, so don't let the people put you in bondage over, over being married. I seen a shirt one time. It said, "Divorce. Everybody ought to have one." <laughs> well, if you look at our statistics, about fifty percent of the population already had one. You know, so so does that mean they can't come to church? That mean we can't use them? They can't get saved? I mean, we got we got to. To come on and come on with this thing and and tell people what the truth is, not try to find ways for people not to know God, find ways to help them know God. And I think in the past that's what we've done. We focused on the don'ts so much that people don't know what they can do, and they get condemned for all the don'ts. But I figure this way: if we focus on what you can do, show you what you can do, then you don't want to do that. And that's what Christian's about. All right. So take that for what it's worth. <clears throat> but it really, really helped me when I studied that out. Uh, the second, uh, second paragraph on page eighty-one, because this little review. We talked last week about about the uh, sexual revolution, about the new morality, and we said morality is a set of standard that enables people to live together in groups, knowing what is right and acceptable. All right. But today, you know, people don't know what's acceptable anymore. You know, it's just, it's just anything goes, everything goes. There, there's no line to be crossed. So it says here, do what, Bob? It says how they feel now. Mm -hmm. It says, when the spirit of Ishtar came to America, the same dynamics began to replay. Sexuality was, de was deified. It became a God to be pursued as an end and of itself and without regard to marriage, love, or even a relationship. What I hear on the school bus, they call it, y'all can probably say it about it, they call it hooking up. Is that is that the right word nowadays? They, they, they hooking up. So that which was once the exclusive domain of husband and wife now spilled into the public sphere and popular culture. And so began the progressive severing of sexuality from marriage 
As Israel worshipped and served the goddess of sexuality, so now America indwelled the same spirit and the same goddess become increasingly obsessed with sex. And I'm going to hit these highlights on this because I want to get to this next chapter here. Um, uh, uh, destruction of the marriage, that second paragraph. So the effects of Ishtar's return to the modern world was the progressive undermining and weakening of marriage. As sexuality was glorified as an end in of itself, marriage was eroded. As Ishtar had pursued relationship after relationship, so America began doing the same. As the taboo against ending one's marriage began to end, so did marriage. Under the spirit of Ishtar, divorce became an epidemic. We seen that last week. And America was filled with broken homes. So I looked up some more statistics. And we said this last week, and it's kind of where we ended. 35% of the parents tell their kids it's okay to have sex outside of marriage. And this is kind of where we ended last week. 70% of couples today decide to live together before they get married. All right. Out of that 70%, 23% live together for good. They don't ever get married. Okay. What do you think that divorce rate is amongst those that live together before they get married? We know it's 50 to 51% as the national average. What would you think that divorce rate would be of people who live together and then get married? Off my cuff, I would think it would be lower because they've already had opportunity to get out. 67%, 13% above the national average. And I would never thought that. I would have thought it would have been the other way. In there. So, so 67% of the people who live together before getting married end up in, in divorce. How many, I wonder how many of those, the marriage lasted longer being together married versus before they got married. Hmm, that's a good one, yeah. They, they lived together longer than they were actually married. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, 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 that's a thought. All right, so I ask you this question. What happened first? The breakdown of morality or the breakdown of the family? It's hard to figure it out when you think about it. If you break down morality, it breaks down the family. If you break down the family, then it leads to, to, to morality issues. So one thing, the bottom line we can see when, when I look at these statistics is what's going on with the youth of today is a direct reflection of the family, the dynamic of the family and the dynamic of morality. Mm-hmm. And both of those have caused us to be where we are. I don't, I don't want to get, a, get ahead of myself. We're going to see it later. Uh, you know, but you see it, you know, when, you, when society gets to the point that it's okay for me to walk in Walmart, fill my grocery cart up, and just walk out the door. And the law says we're not going to do anything to you. I mean, you know, that, 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 that I mean, you're breaking it down really, really low when, when, when we get to those points. where you, And you see it every day on TV. I don't know how much you see it around here, but you see it on TV every day. You know, with all these massive shopliftings, and the law says, you know, well, you know we're not going to do anything about it. Passions of the goddess, the last paragraph. 
So with the return of Ishtar, American and modern culture became consumed with instant gratification. Americans increasingly choose their desires over relationships, over preserving their marriage, or entering into them in the first place. I'll tell you a little story here, and, and I'll make me a point here. We, 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 uh, we have hit interns at, at school this, you know, this year. They, this semester, most of them have already graduated. Now they're doing the internship at Ayrton. And I always think back, back to, 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 to my days of management when I, when I see stuff. These three girls are interns. All right, and, and in the mornings, you have the school here with the canopy, and all seven of us buses are lined up. And then there's a, a, a road here that goes up under the canopy where the cars come in. We're sitting here, the buses, the cars come in and, and drop the kids off on the cars while, they, while, while we're unloading. Okay, So they keep this open, and, and the cars are parked in the street until 720, then they start letting them unload. And, and right there in there, if you've been to Ayrton School, you see it says Ayrton Elementary School. Big old sign. These three girls walk out. And you got all these buses parked here, all this traffic here. And these three girls walk out into this section in the middle of the road now. Don't even get out of the road. And they all turn around and they're taking selfies. And one by one, they go up to the Ayrton sign. And they don't step up on the grass. They're out here in the middle, blocking everything. It, and, and they're taking pictures of each other, and they're taking selfies. I thought to myself, that's three teachers if I'm principal never going to get a job. Mm. You know, if, if that's more important than, than figuring out what's going on. But you see, that instant gratification, they all want, I don't know what it means to go viral, but you see all the time, you know, they want their stuff to, 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 go, to go viral. It's about, you know, about attention. I, I don't have social media, so I don't know what's on there or what ain't. But I know I hear comments, you know, people posting everything they do. You know, the only reason you want all your business on social media is because you want some kind of sympathy, some kind of gratification. There's something you after if you're going to put your business out there for the whole world. You know, where I ate lunch really ain't that exciting, so I wouldn't see a need to, to let y'all know where I ate lunch anyway. <laughs> now, some people can't do anything, uh, you know. But, but some way, you know, those kids thought they were getting something out of it, 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 I don't know if it boosted their self-esteem or, or what, but you know, if you if you looking out on it, it it, it looked pretty pathetic because hey, you know, y'all fixing to block up everything. Everybody was go blowing their horns at y'all, but they didn't care. They just kept walking around. They'd get together and all huddle up, you know, like they do, and they take the selfie and they walk <laughs> over here and they'd all huddle up. You seen it the other morning, didn't you? You seen it? <laughs> I'm like, Lord, Lord, help us. Please, I gotta go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now, Mr. Harris Iron, he does this, they're gonna get run over. But he raises his hand as if everybody to go. Somebody doesn't get run over if they're still out there. Hey. And uh, <clears throat> one more statement here in the, on page 82. And it said, What was once fornication now become premarital relations and in time the norm? The number of Americans living together without marriage, the number of children born out of wedlock and without fathers would skyrocket. And we just we just seen those those statistics. All right, let's go. We, we I think we made our point there. Let's go to our next demonic influence, the intoxicator, page eighty nine. <clears throat> says as an in, in, Enchantress 
Ishtar tempted a lord and captivated. She caused her followers to abandon reason and rationality. Have we not seen that? No reason, no rationality. Like we talked about the shoplifting. Uh, you know, they just go in and just, just feel carts up. I seen, let's say, I, 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 I have Twitter. That's all I have. I, I'm not really even a member. I, don't, I can't send nothing. I, I can just look. Uh, you know, get 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 tweets. But they was just, it was a man and woman. They were probably about, about my age. And I don't know if it was Walmart. It, it looked like, you couldn't see the store exactly, but it looked like a Walmart store. They were in the parking lot. And they had two buggies. I mean, just running over with groceries. And there's this employee. She's holding, I didn't realize she was an employee at the time when I seen it. I thought she was trying to steal their groceries. She was pulling, pulling, and there was this other man but uh, a little bit from her, and he was just yelling at those people. They had the car, the back of their car open, and they was already putting stuff in. And and I, I said, you know, she's trying to hear her and his man trying to steal their groceries. But come to find out, they worked at the store. Their people had filled those grocery carts up, and they they were loaded up. They were trying to get the grocery carts carts back. And finally, it started getting violent. They just threw their hands up and just 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 let them take the groceries. I mean, their people were my age, and they were just two big old carts just loaded up. Uh, with stuff and they were just putting it in the car <clears throat> Ishtar's potion as the goddess who dwelled in taverns Ishtar was strongly connected to the substances of intoxication of into substances of intoxication served and partaken of there in one of her myths she schemes to take away the powers and blueprints of civilization contained in the tablets of the god Enki she partakes with him of alcohol beverages until he becomes intoxicated, at which point she takes off with the tablets. So Ishtar belongs the powers of both seduction and intoxication. Thus it is of note that at the same time that the sexual revolution was taking hold of America, a parallel movement began and explosives in the usage of intoxicating substances. After holding steady from the end of, World War, of the Second World War, the rate of American alcohol consumption steadily began rising. The escalation would continue for two decades and then would be followed by another escalation that would continue into the 21st century. The mind alter. But it was, but it was another form of intoxication that so dramatically exploded in America and Western culture that it would in part define the 60s, that of drugs. The phenomenon could become so widespread it gave birth to its own culture, the drug culture. Among the most celebrated newly embracing intoxicating substances was the psychedelic or mind-altering drugs that radically altered perception, thinking, and behavior. The state of intoxication and altered consciousness was now glorified as an idea but sought and sought after. So I looked up what were the main hallucinogens, in there, and of course, we, we everybody would know LSD, PCP, but there's some mesaline, they call it buttons. I had never never heard of it, and of course, I'd heard of ecstasy. But then it comes down and it says cannabis is a mind altering drug. And I've wondered about this, and I, I'm, I'm, I'm not trying to one or the other. But my whole life, marijuana's been bad for you. You know, and then I started reading about it. 
marijuana. And this is the CDC now. I wouldn't have thought it would, you know, usually these left-wing Googles and all that, they throw you up the, the liberal stuff at the beginning. You've got to scroll way on down here to find stuff that really makes sense. But they, they, these, the, the, all these government things are the first ones that popped up telling you about how it, it, you know, it, it, it messes up your brain function. Eventually, if you keep using it, you know, your motor skills start to deteriorate and go away and, and, and all these things. And that's what I've heard my whole life. But, but how do we get from there to, to now where it, it fixes and helps and cures everything? There's nothing that it don't fix. I mean, we started what it helped pain a little bit in your joints, and now it just keeps going. I mean, it's, it it fixes everything. Uh, cannabis does, and I'm not saying good, bad, or you know, I let you you say that, but 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 I got those slides. I, I'll show them to you next week about this from the CDC that shows all these different permanent brain damage, permanent motor skill functions, eyes debilitating eyesight, all of this stuff, you know. And then, but then we're promoting it as something, something healthy. Now they tell us in 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 our recertification class every day, uh, every year that we have to go to recertification class is, don't fool with the oil. If you get tested, you're gonna pop hot whether you smoked it or whether you rubbed it on you. The test can't tell the difference, and you're gonna be out of a job. So, what do they tell us though? That they have taken what makes you high out of it. They hadn't told us, though, that they're taking out what makes your brain dead and stupid and you lose your eyesight out of it. They ain't told us that, have they? So I'm wondering now, what, in the next few years, will we start seeing... And I'm not saying it's good or bad. I don't know. I'm just telling you what, what the CDC said. I, I don't have an opinion on either way. If you think rubbing oil on your hips, and, and you're good with it, rub it on. That's all I'm going to say. You know, I can't because I'll pop hot. Uh, <laughs> But I say, you know, but we'll know in the next few years, uh, are people going to get worse off or are they going get, to get, get better off? Uh, you know, so, so I don't know, but I'm assuming according to what they tell us in our recertification is everything in there except the part that makes you high goes on into your bloodstream. So, uh, I, you know, you use your own conscience with that. But anyway, the facts I want to show you are this. Eighth graders, from 2016 to 2020, Use of drugs and marijuana is up 61%. 62% of 8th graders use alcohol. How old was the 8th grader? 13? 14? 14. 14. 14. Yeah. So 62% of 14-year-olds use alcohol, and 50% have or use drugs. You think that's where it stops at? 12-year-olds, 8% of 12-year-olds use alcohol. What do you think uses marijuana and drugs? Would it be lower or higher? Higher. It is higher. I thought they'd have a lot easier time getting a whole alcohol because if mom and daddy got in the refrigerator than they would drugs. 13% of 12-year-olds have or use drugs. So 12-year-old is a 6th grader, ain't it? I don't know. But most of this I'm giving you is CDC. I don't know what they do in there, Zach, but it's, that's where that come from there. Well, I was surprised this is what popped up. Correlation between like, uh, like your inner cities 
and stuff like yeah. that. If they're taking a survey in the inner cities. Now, this would be nationwide. It wouldn't be. Mm-hmm. This ain't. I, I don't, I'm assuming you could probably find it for the state. I don't I don't know. Well, but I would think. It's like if you take your kids to the doctor for their annual stuff, they have to answer those questions. Even at 11 and 12 years old, do you drink, do you smoke, do you this? You got a lot of dumb youngers in answering yes to that. I'd put no, 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 no. <laughs> ain't no way. <laughs> yeah, I'm 12 years old. Even I said, ain't no way I'm putting yes on that. If you're in education long enough, you'll realize it's the popular kids that you think do no wrong. Mm-hmm. Well, I told you last week about this lady I know that she told her, encouraged her kids and their friends, they would all let them come over to their house and, and, and they would give them alcohol and, and all because they thought that they, they could control them there. You know, by letting them do it there, then they didn't have to go off. And But I, I thought, like I said last week, you know, what about them kids is going to leave and they got to drive home? Your kids don't, but them kids got to drive home. Uh, you know, so it's, 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 it's difficult how twisted people people's thinking can get because I mean you, you know and I know this just from from my childhood and my life experience you know if, if you start one with alcohol it ain't gonna be long he's gonna be trying something else and uh, you know it's it because it, it kids left unchecked kids left unchecked whatever yeah. it started off small so it just kind of snowballs and it always does Mm-hmm. And, that's what I tell my children. and and I think more when I was coming up, I I, I never fooled with hard with hard drugs any, but it's 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 the 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 like like she said it's the peer pressure from the popular kids that make the other kids go further than they would normally go because uh, they're the ones when I come up they were the ones uh, you know the 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 dad is in town that had the good businesses and. And those were the kids that that, that were, were, were way much further out there than 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 we were. We still always had that fear that that we dead ducks if we get caught. So and that that, that fear of my dad always kind of limited some of the stuff that, that how far we would really go, you know. And 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 all, you know. But but some of them didn't have that fear, and like you said, wanting to be with that crowd that had the the right clothes and the right shoes and the right cars, you know, would, would make kids do stuff that they wouldn't normally do to try. And, and then people don't care if you fit in or not. They don't care if you live or die in reality. You know, you're trying to get up with a club of folks that really don't want you there anyway. You know, and to do all that stuff to try to to, 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 to be accepted, you know, and then when you start having real problems, they're going to walk off and leave you anyway. You know, but it's hard to get that message to kids. Peer pressure on your kids is a real deal. You know, and I always told my kids, if you could just hold on to you, get out of school. When you get out of school, you're never going to see them folks no more. You think their opinion is so important and so valuable right now that it makes you do things that you don't want to do. But the minute you leave school, they gone, you gone, and all that won't matter anymore. So you just got to try to help them hold on till they, till they can, can, can break out of that because peer pressure is tough. And they make fun of them and... I mean, it's it's, it's got to be hard being a kid nowadays. And then, all right, let's move on. Sex, drug, rock, and Ishtar. Page nine. For the ancient Mesopotamian, the taverns were inhabited by the spirit of Ishtar. It was there that those affected by her allurements were surrounded and by three elements, sexuality, intoxicating substances, and music. When the spirit of Ishtar manifested in the American culture in the 60s, two of the three elements also manifested 
sexuality, intoxicating substance. The third component would converge as well in music. Each of the three epitomized the decade that began to transform transformation of American culture. In 1969, a Life magazine article identified the three elements of the counterculture's new sacraments, sex, drugs, and rock, or sexuality, intoxicating substances, and music. The three elements that characterize Ishtar's dwelling place. Now, I don't know how much I buy into the music thing there. I mean, you can have your own opinion. I don't know that it had any lasting effects on, on me. I wasn't no hard rocker anyway. Uh, you know, I really didn't care for uh, I, some ACDC, a little bit of that, but, but the hard stuff I never really cared for. Y'all speak for yourself. You know, I, I don't know how much, what kind of music you listened to really influenced you or didn't influence you. What y'all think? Did it influence you or didn't influence you? It never did make me do nothing more than I was already going to do anyway. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't, you know, that, that's, you know, he said it, so I laid it out there. And, and I know, you know, when, in the 70s when I come through, they always talked about that. Let me say it right. Subliminally programming you through the music, you know. You you play it backwards, and it it, it, it said all this stuff. If you played it forward, it said all this stuff, you know, and and, and all that kind of stuff. So I, I, you know, and I don't know if it's any true or not. I, we, we never could figure out how to make it play backwards. You know, you take that you take that seventy eight R L P and you spin it backward, it just makes a lot of static. It don't really say nothing. So in there. All right, y'all have a good week. Oh, that was the first bell.